0: This is episode 20 of Transistor for October 28th, 2012, with topics including trans journey, playing doctor and genitals, and translation, the art of the past, where we'll discuss a few things on wigs, and transitions, hair replacement, something that I think most of you all need to get on with and think about, and transonic, my life as a professional dominatrix, (laughs) ass-waxing. Bet you didn't think that was one to throw at you. And Transformers, pleasure wigs, things to look for, the good, the bad, the ugly, and finally, Transmissions, news from around the world. This is Transistor, with your host, Velvet Steel. Yes something that we all did as kids, and I'm sure that we still are going to do it as kids, or maybe as adults. And I know that the kids nowadays, they're all curious, and they're excitable, and they're wanting to know what's going on there. But I have to stress, there's one thing that we all forget, and as we get older and things have been putting to media and saying different things about different things, including sex, is the innocence. The innocence seems to be lost. I know myself, when I was playing doctor when I was a kid, I certainly wasn't thinking about anything sexy. It was all about curiosity. And curiosity killed the cat. Well, not in this case anyway. It got me more and more eager to learn about different things and see what was out there and listen and learn and all those other things and then laugh. You've heard that one before, haven't you? I know we were playing in the basement at my grandmother's place underneath the stairs, having a grand old time and, you know, we were looking at stuff and after we were pulling our pants down and examining each other's genitals and things like that, I couldn't help but wonder, well, how come you've got that and I've got this? And I'd always think that thing about all these other different kids that I was seeing what was under their pants, and yes, no dinky is the same, no pussy is the same, none of those look the same, even as a kid, but uh, we took it a few steps further, at least we did in my neighborhood, where we get out the clothes pegs, and we'd start sticking them on things, yes, that clothes peg went on the labia, that clothes peg went on the dink, that clothes went, went on the balls, on the scrotum, on the ass, on the nipples, on anything you could think of, and once again, we weren't putting that on for any sort of sexual context. Believe you me, it hurt. And we were having fun. We were laughing about it. I mean, who's not to be laughing about sticking a clothes bag on someone's ass around the dinky and letting them dance around doing this little two-step around as they turned around in front of you? It was hilarious. It was funny. And there, there we were, right there, face to face, looking right close at a dink. Cock and balls, whatever you want to call it, even including pussy, vagina, all those different things. I mean, and we were kids. We were kids at the age of six and seven and eight, and nobody was going through puberty whatsoever. And you know, we called it the package examination, and that was part of our doctor routine. Oops, oh, time for a package examination, and literally playing doctor. I mean, there were no hard-ons. There were nothing crazy like that going on. We were just kids sticking, checking stuff out, and even when we started hitting puberty. Because I remember when we were in school, we went through the health class. And the health class, well, we saw this stupid-ass movie. And i got to say, it was a stupid-ass movie about how boys, when they go through their thing, well, their voice starts to drop. They start to grow hair where they never had hair before. They start to sweat profusely and do all these nasty-ass things and then grow a bigger dink and grow hair on their legs, hair on their ass, all that sort of idea. And grooming was the other thing that they threw into this whole thing. And all I could think about was, what are the girls watching? What movie do they get to watch? I want to see what it is that's going on in there. And it wasn't for me sexual at the time. I mean, I couldn't care less. I don't know one girl at school that I went to school with. She, uh, This is before grade six. She started to develop pretty fast to the point where, you know, she wasn't really educated about it, not like the kids of today are. And, uh, you know, we all know that we have so many different leftover estrogens and hormones that are floating around in our water supply just because of overusage and while well, we urinated it out. And it's making kids develop very differently and make them develop very Fast. Well, back to her in school for me. She, um... When her boobs started to grow, she was kind of excited. She was really thrilled about the whole idea, and she had to show everybody what was going on. And she had these really, 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 really tight little boobies, and they were, you know, like, picture a balloon. Okay, you blow up a balloon, and it gets really, really tight like that, and then you squeeze it, and you know, especially if you put it to your teeth, kind of thing like that. Well, none of us put her nipples to our teeth, but that's what they looked like. That's totally what they looked like. So here we were watching all this stuff and laughing up a storm laughing up a storm. Totally what we were doing. And I really don't think that she really understood what was going on. Well, of course, for that matter, neither did we. And it wasn't until one of the adults had said to us, you stop that, stop what are you doing, When well, we did get caught. And uh, you know, I remember her boobs getting pretty damn big until, well, like I said, the adults told us to stop and what we were doing was bad. We didn't think it was. It was just plain, innocent fun. <laughs> translation. The art of the past. Wigs. We all know what they're all about, and they've been around for a long time, centuries for that matter. Even the Egyptians knew what it was all about with wigs. When they were wearing wigs, well, they were putting cones of oil in the tops of those so they would actually lubricate the scalp. Well, when you're running around in an environment that's as hot as Egypt is, you need to keep that skin soft, supple, and moist, and lubricated, well-lubricated for that matter. And, um, well, that's what they were doing. So when they would walk outside, there's just a bit of history for you, that cone of oil would melt, and it would drip through that wig, and it would drip all over the top of the head, and make that body glisten and glean and look really good. And, uh, you know, so the Egyptians had it all down pat, and they were doing all kinds of different things and using all different kinds of hairs. and, you know, bringing ourselves up to today, there was all kinds of different things that we're doing as well. I mean, we have Kanekalon, we have all these different plastics, we have all these different, you know, including horse hair and hair and fur and things that we're putting on our head to make it look like a wig. And yes, believe you me, there are good, bad, and the ugly. And um, when I'm talking about wigs, I'm talking about something good. If you're trying to make it look good, you're not going to go to, as we have here in Vancouver, Value Village, or even dress so for that matter during Halloween time and pick up something that's really cheap and looks like crap. Because trust me, it looks like absolute shit when you put that thing on your head. And um, you want it to look good. You want it to look nice. You want it to be smooth and healthy looking. And, well, look natural is really what you want it to do if that's what you're trying to do throughout the day. Trust me, I've got my fair share of colorful wigs, bright-colored, punky color wigs in different shapes and styles and stuff like that, but you want them to be nice. And I know people out there, you know, especially in the world of cross-dressing, they go and get these wigs from these discount shops and they wear them, not realizing that the cheaper quality wigs at the back of the head, well, they're going to start to melt and they're going to start to turn into felt and they're going to knot up and everything else because, well, same idea with felting. When you've got hot Body temperatures or hot liquid of any kind and soap or detersive actions going on, it's going to turn into felt. Well, it's not that different from a wig, especially if it's a cheap quality rubbing up against the back of your neck. And just think about what it's doing on the rest of the head as well. It's looking like shit. Absolute shit. And I just love seeing these cross dressers running around town with these wigs that they thought, ooh, they got the best deal. They went and spent 20 bucks. Yes, 20 bucks on a wig at Value Village, at Dress I mean, and we're talking about wigs that are, well, just a Halloween one-off kind of wig. And if you want to spend money on a wig that's really good, trust me, you're going to be spending somewhere in the neighborhood $65 up to even 500 to to 1000 more. And uh, I always see these people, you know, and as a hairstylist myself, I can say this. I know what I'm saying, and I'm saying don't have a center part. Take it off center. You know what that center part's going to do? It's going to make that nose look bigger. It's going to make that chin look more pronounced. It's going to do all those things that you didn't want to do. And really, when you've got an oblong face, as most men do, most cross-dressers do, it's not the most flattering. And I don't know where they get off with combing that hair so tight down on both sides. And by the time it's really that... uh old and ugly, these wigs, it has this sort of broom-like quality. So the end of it's doing this whole flared out kind of routine, and it's so matted and dull and ugly and unshiny, and not even I can fix that, you know, and I do refurbishing of a lot of wigs, and I'd rather just throw that out, or just knot the damn thing up and put it underneath the wig so you can get more volume for that lovely bouffant kind of thing going on. Well, if it's well worn beyond its due date, its chances are get rid of it, and Chances are it's going to be beyond its due date if it's a cheap wig. And like I said, refurbishing a wig, it can be done, but it takes a lot out of that. And, you know, in the whole neck ranch, as I talked about before, it happens. Don't get a wig that you think is going to be sexy and hot just because it costs 20 bucks. Chances are it's going to look like shit. It's going to be shit, and it's not going to take long before it is shit. I know. Spend the decent money and make it look good and be sexy and be you. Transitions, hair replacement. it's not pleasant, it's not nice, it's not without pain, but as they say, without any pain, there's no gain. I used to throw fetish parties for years, and those parties were really exciting and really fun. And we had a doctor who used to come there all the time, and he's here in Vancouver, Dr. Masri, and he was, and still is, actually, if you look him up, one of the foremost doctors in regards to doing hair transplantation. Now, I don't know exactly what's going on out there in the world of hair transplantation now, but I certainly can tell you a few, and I'm going to tell you about a few that were done way back in the past that really weren't, uh, how shall we say, favorable, and left the scalp in major infections and things like. Like that. Well, we start off with plugs. Plugs are taken from a donor site, and that donor site's generally at the back of the head. Now in my days of doing hairdressing and standing behind that chair, I've had my fair share of gentlemen come in and get their hair cut who have gone through those kinds of things. And having them done in the early days didn't leave that scalp without some serious scars. I mean I've seen quite a few happy faces at the back of the scalp where they actually take a donor site that's generally in the neighborhood of a half centimeter long by maybe hmm, Four inches, so um that's quite a chunk of skin. And then stitching that back and hoping that's going to heal, tighten, things like that, it doesn't necessarily always do that. That skin stretches and leaves a really large happy face scar at the back of that scalp. And in some cases, I've seen some guys with two of those happy face scars. And if you know, and think about it, for example, here, you're massaging your scalp with your fingertips. And what is that doing? It's creating your skin a nice stretchable surface. So it's getting stretched and it's going to make that scar stretch. Now, let's Get back to the whole idea of what these plugs are all about. So, they've taken your donor site, and in the early days, what they would do is they would take a plug, and this is a plug that was probably about, oh, I would say two millimeters by two millimeters, even three millimeters in diameter, and they would micro core or core out little areas at the front of the hairline, and they would draw what they would figure would be your points and recessions. Now, your point would generally be where the center part would be, and your recessions generally over the tops of both eyes, following a natural hairline. Well, it ended up looking very 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 structured almost too structured to the point where it was so unnatural looking that it actually looked like hell and looked like crap well it didn't take long for the doctors to start realizing that they need to do some microtransplantation. well so they're still not saying that they're not taking out uh, donor sites they still are but they're they're doing it in a different way where they're actually doing these little plugs and the plugs actually heal and they actually shrink in around the actual area where they're taking it out. So once the plug has been taken out, they go in and they cut that area apart. So they actually get single hairs. Yes, single hairs. And they micro-transplant those hairs through the front hairline. What that does, hopefully the hair is going to take it, it's going to grow because it's not always guaranteed that there's going to be a blood supply that's actually going to reach that hair and it's going to force it to grow or make it grow or let it grow. It could actually die off. So you may be going back in for another session. But it's certainly, if it does, and keep your fingers crossed that it does, it's going to grow a nice, beautiful front hairline that's going to look so natural and so beautiful. And guess what? They can even give you cowlicks. They can give you whorls. They can make you have a part that's going to go off to the one side, depending on the direction of hair growth, that it's going to be a much exciting process. And it's really good to have that happen. And that's not to say that someone in my situation, if you're doing hormones, hormones can sometimes bring the hair back and it will actually give it that much more of a thicker more lustrous shine and sheen and you'll be happy with the results of that and I think that's really exciting but uh, you know back in the days when it was even before they were doing the micro transplantation doing the plugs and even before that they were doing implantation and there was one method that they were doing where they would cut the scalp open and they would take metal hooks and they would implant embed those things actually into the skull so they would stay there and these were hooks that came out not unlike a fish hook and uh, you know the hair club for man all those other fabulous places and their thing and their quest for beauty and for the man to look natural and do all that sort of idea well I can tell you working for them that was kind of bizarre because they had this sort of really weird technique of embarrassing a man and leaving him sit there so they could actually examine himself in the room while his head had just been freshly shaved well of course you're going to want to get your hair transplanted or you're going to get a, a piece put on the top of your scalp A policy of didn't really care for and uh, i'm not exactly too sure how they do it today but uh, i don't really want to find out but back to those hooks those fish hooks that were embedded into your scalp so what was done at that point is a hair piece was actually made that had hooks on it and it would be fastened onto that so that it wouldn't go anywhere it wouldn't blow off it wouldn't do different things and you had this gorgeous set of hair i mean it was hair that could be permed it still is colored, shot, styled shaped, cut, whatever you want to do with that hair because it's real hair and you're going to wash and condition it just like you would any other thing but uh, with those hooks there, a lot of the guys when they started to wash and condition their hair were a little bit too rough so here they were having their skin tearing around these hooks and they were ripping them out and causing serious infection, infection to the point where they were losing patches of their scalp I know it's extreme but trust me, that's what happened so you know, if you're a cool with everything else and hair replacement. Um, I know a lot of transsexuals who are going in and getting the micro-implantation, micro-transplantation, all those different things, and it works out great. And for those who can do it, excellent. But if you've gone to the point where you've actually lost so much of your hair and it's not going to come back through hormones, chances are you're going to have to go through that route or just have to uh, deal with wearing a wig. I like to think so. You know, there are things when you're doing domination, or these things that I was doing when I was doing domination and still am doing domination. Um, you know, private and personally and having fun with that. There was always that issue of hair on the crack of that ass. Ooh guys get it, and all you guys out there listening, you know what I'm talking about, you've got hair on the crack of your ass, and it's so unsightly at times, and it ends up with those lovely things that we like to call will-nots, will not go away, unless you're soaking it with a cloth, and it's getting rid of those little chunks of, well, you know, poop, and um, yeah, so I started to incorporate the whole idea of getting that ass waxed, oof, I love it. You know, being an esthetician, hairstylist does have its advantages. Getting that wax all nice and hot, getting you all tied up, getting you all tied up, spread eagle with your face down, not being able to move, putting that ball gag in that mouth and letting you chew on that for a while, salivating and dripping all that saliva out of your mouth down onto that bed. Mm, I get to see you writhing in ecstasy. You're writhing so bad that you want me to do something to that ass. But I bet it's not what you think that you want me to do, that I'm going to do. No, I'm going to go and get that ass... Waxed. Mm, and I'm going to wax it up with that lovely wax that I've had sitting in the other room getting so hot and so warm. Oh, it's going to feel so good getting that wax. And I'm going to spread your ass cheeks. First, I'm going to put on my nice pair of rubber gloves and let those snap back and be so beautiful. Mm. I know that sound. You know that sound. We've all been to the doctor just before you put your knees to your face and have the doctor tell you you're going to feel a little bit of pressure. Breathe in, and then those fingers suddenly slip up your bum. Well, that's the sound that I like, but it's the sound that the gloves make when they're snapping onto my hands. And as I'm doing that close to your face and you're chewing on that ball gag, you're wondering what the hell I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take the lid off that nice, hot wax that's been simmering for so long, put in my nice wooden spatula, take out a nice glob, let it drip all over that spatula, and I'm going to spread your ass with my other one, my other hand. I'm going to pull on that hair that's buried nice and tight between those ass cheeks that you've got, and I'm going to let that wax just gently cover over that hair. Feel it. Can you feel it going on there? I bet you can feel how warm that is, just smothering that hair between your ass cheeks. And I'm going to let it nestle in there. I'm going to grip onto that hair. And I'm going to put that nice piece of muslin stripping on there, cotton stripping on there, rub it in nice and tight so it grips onto some of that wax. And then I'm going to pull a little bit of your skin back. And as I'm pulling a little bit of your skin back, I'm going to grab onto that other strip, with my other hand, the other end of that strip, and I'm gonna rip it hard. I'm gonna yank it off so that hair comes right off and show me that smooth crack of that ass. Mm. Did you think it was just gonna be one go? No, it's not. I'm gonna have to do this in several goes. I'm gonna have to take that wax and apply it not once, not twice, not three times, probably four, five, six, even eight times, possibly even 10. And I'm gonna rip every little hair out from the crack of your ass so you have a nice smooth butt. And that butthole is just gonna look so inviting for me to want to stick something in there. Oh, I bet you're wondering what it is I'm gonna stick in there. Well, you're just gonna to have to wait and find out for my next show. us feel good, look good, and have a good time. I want to talk to you about pleasure wigs. Since I've been talking a bit about hair today, I think it's only fair that I keep on going with it. Yes, I did talk about wigs that cost nothing to costing your bank. And pleasure wigs. These are lovely, lovely, lovely wigs. That, well, things to look for when you get a wig and when you buy your own wig is a lovely band. A band that stretches around the scalp and is able to get on there. And trust me, when you're looking for wigs, you can get them in small, medium, and large to fit different scalp sizes because we're not all the same. Some of us have bigger heads, some of us have smaller heads. And as I said before, the transformer pleasure wigs, they have a lovely skin patch on the top, which is actually. The top to make it look like it's natural. There's a lot of hair implanted into that wig per square inch, and it falls beautifully. It has so much in there that generally what I recommend when you do get a nice good wig, and you can start up with a pleasure wig because I think they're really reasonably priced. They start anywhere from $50 and go upwards, but you're gonna want to have to cut that wig, you're gonna have to make that wig really good, and it's gonna want to feel good, it's gonna want to look good, it's gonna want to move. And I the, the idea behind. having a weak move is that it flows across your scalp and across your shoulders, across your back. It's really cool. It's really nice. And for those adventurous out there, you have your choice of blue, yellow, pinks, greens. You also have your choice of curl, natural colors, blondes, brunettes, reds, even pinks and candy colors. Well, that's what you're looking for, well, then go and check it out. And make sure that you got the style that you want to do. And when in doubt, go with your shoulder length. It works for everybody. It looks good. And as I said before, if you're one of those budget-minded, you're going to end up having to spend at least $50 to get a nice general wig. And if you have a bank account that just seems to be expensive, well, then why not go down and get yourself a wig that's going to cost you at least two to $300? Because that's what they're going to cost. They're not cheap. And of course, I'm talking about human hair wigs. Yes, they do make human hair wigs. But pleasure wigs, pleasure wigs start off reasonable and they're accessible. And I suggest everybody look into the idea of a pleasure wig. You're going to like them and you're going to have fun with them, not just for Halloween, but for Halloween and beyond. Missions, news from around the world. Some not so good, some some good. And you know, and hot on the heels of what we're talking about when it comes to hair baldness drug made trans show slammed by pressure group. Well, it appears that the transgender campaigner is saddened by a gay news anchor Anderson Cooper's show, which they claim sensationalized a marginalized group. This is a story that first appeared on Gay Star News by Matthew Jenkin. A US TV show featuring a man who claims anti-baldness drugs made him transgender has been slammed for sensationalizing an already marginalized group of people. The show, hosted by gay news anchor Anderson Cooper, totes the interview with trans woman Mandy as an exclusive. In a publicity statement for the segment Due to Be on Anderson Live the 13th of September, which has already aired. The program made says Mandy's ex-wife will also speak about how the gender identity transformation has affected their son. Huh. Well, I can tell you that I saw the show, and I thought it was really actually stupid. I'm just throwing that in there. So the National Center for Transgender Equality condemned the program with the advocacy group's executive director, Mara Kiesling, branding it as another case of sensationalizing an already marginalized population. She added that she was surprised, saddened, and disappointed at Cooper. In the past, Anderson Cooper and his team have earned a great deal of respect from trans people for their coverage of our issues, she said in a statement on September the 12th. Tomorrow they'll throw away all of that. Worst of all, they seem on misinforming the public about the casualties of trans identity. Keeson said Cooper should know better and that this is is calling on activists and journalists to hide the potential harm the show might cause. Huh, they really went to extremes, didn't they? Well, wow, trans talk show pulled from South Korean TV. That's sad because it looked like it had the opportunity to be something good. Anyway, a groundbreaking talk show pulled after a week following vigorous protests from social conservatives. This is also an article from Gay Star News by Anna Leach. A groundbreaking talk show that would have featured interviews with transgender people every week has been pulled from a South Korean TV channel a week after it was launched. XY That Girl broadcast at midnight on KBS Joy prompted protests from conservative groups who rallied outside the TV station and took out newspaper ads denouncing the show. The ads attacked KBS Joy for fanning sexual diversity and warned children will blindly follow in the steps of transgenders. Huh, this kind of smacks of people following the steps of being homosexual, don't you think? Wow, our people are stupid. Anyway, the KBS, Joy, announced that they were canceling the show after ta- taking viewers' opinions into account on the XY That Girl website. South Korean society is socially conservative, but recent successes of trans women celebrities have suggested a broader acceptance. Trans woman Harisu has built a successful pop career and a trans contestant was recently successful in the country's version of TV show Next Top Model. Since 2006, trans people can legally correct their gender on all official documents. But protests from Christian groups met Lady Gaga, who met Lady Gaga's performance in South Korea in April, pressuring the organizers to ban under-18 year olds from concert. These are protesters that were also avid in the banning of or getting rid of one, the ex- or that XY, that girl's three presenters. Um, this was also Korea's only openly gay celebrity, hong Seok Cheong, who was blacklisted from the industry after he came out in 2000. He has recently built his TV career back up, but spoke in an interview in June about how the pressure made it impossible to sustain a relationship. That's really sad. And finally, Terence Higgins Trust launches UK's first health guide for trans people. The UK's largest HIV charity has launched two guides available online aiming to provide advice for transgender people. This is an article by Ben, Ben Triton. UK's largest HIV and sexual health charity has launched two guides available online aiming to provide health and well-being advice for transgender people. The guides have been launched with the hope of pushing down the HIV rates of specifically among trans women, which is estimated to affect between 11.5% to 57% in Europe. That's huge. Michelle Ross, trans awareness facilitator at Terence Higgins Trust, said, It's becoming increasingly clear that trans people today face a range of issues that place them at increased risk of infection. We know, for example, that many trans people have ongoing problems and around body image and self esteem, which can lead them to take serious risks with their health. The guides, which can be viewed online at www.tht.org.uk transwomen, and the same one for trans men, give information and advice on various issues that could affect trans people. The online guides will cover topics including how to guard against HIV and other sexually transmitted infections, STIS. Both guides have detailed information on how to prevent against contracting an STI and wearing protection, to the risks of oral sex and the different ways in which people can contract HIV. Information for people assessing or accessing post-exposure prophylaxis, PEP, have after they have unprotected sex is also given. trans specific advice is offered on how changing testosterone levels in transgender people can make them more vulnerable to infection, something that I bet most of you didn't know. And more specialist advice would be offered to anybody considering going through gender confirmation surgery. So this is a site that promises to be that much more comprehensive. I suggest you all go and have a look. The guides also explain the process of cervical screening for transgender men, fertility and health problems to be aware of through the process of binding, where trans men bind their breasts to gain a more masculine, flatter chest. And I'm going to talk about that at a later show as well. And speaking of guides, Ross said the trust was hugely proud of them and that they hoped it would give trans people the support and confidence to take control of their sexual health. Listening to Transistor with your host, Velvet Steel.